Siri, um, Siri did not get that. She asked me to try again. So she, my watch is talking to me. But anyway, uh, she's trying to help me preach tonight. But anyway, well, let's get to the Word of God. Amen. Can we stand together tonight as we go here to the Word? And I'm going to ask if you will to turn with me to the book of Daniel, chapter number 2. We're going to read a few verses here uh, out of this chapter. And we have been preaching this sermon series on Bind Us Together. And uh, we had been looking out of Daniel chapter 3 where uh, the Word of God had said that those Hebrew boys, they were bound together, they were cast into the furnace. We see the miracle of deliverance that happened. Christ is revealed to Nebuchadnezzar. There is a national call that Nebuchadnezzar makes. Brother Segura wants Christ to seen in that furnace by way of the commitment of these boys. And there is a call, a national call is made and said that the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, he's the God to be served. And uh, we have been reading and referencing out of Daniel 1 decisions that were made then where they came together bound by purpose. That's where we had started with. They were bound by purpose, realizing they were set apart. They acted in solidarity. They, they committed together to the commitment before that was before them. And uh, then also we find that, that uh, in this, that they also, God sustained them in that trial. And uh, tonight we're going to be looking here at a different aspect where these are bound together once again, where they're coming together for a particular cause. And we're going to look at this tonight. Daniel chapter 2. Daniel chapter 2. And if you'll look with me at verse number 10. Verse number 10. And then we're going to look at a couple other uh, verses here in this chapter. If you're there with me tonight, would you say amen? The Bible says, the Chaldeans answered before the king and said, There is not a man upon the earth that can show the king's matter. Therefore, there is no king, Lord, nor ruler that asks such things at any magician or astrologer or Chaldean. Now let me stop right there and just remind you what's happening. You can go back and read this for yourself. But Nebuchadnezzar has a dream that troubles him. He calls all of these magicians in. He calls in the soothsayers. He calls in the, the wise men of that day. And he wants his dream interpreted. And this is what he said. Is that if you cannot do it, he said, I'm just going to kill all of you. So how's that suit your fancy? I mean, it's just... It, it was just, uh, it just did not look good. They tried. They did everything that they could. They, they tried everything and that there's nobody who has an answer. And they respond to the king and say, what you're asking of is impossible. It's impossible. Now, listen to this. Look at verse number 13. Verse 13, the king had made his decree. Nobody could interpret and it says, and the decree went forth that the wise men should be slain. And they sought Daniel and his fellows to be slain. Daniel and these men are going to lose their lives with everybody else. Then Daniel went in and desired of the king 
that he would give him time and that he would show the king the interpretation. Look at verse number 16. Then Daniel went to the house and made the thing known to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Now again, this is their Hebrew names. Their Babylonian names are Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Notice, still the same group of men. He goes to them and listen to what he says. These are his companions, it says, that they would desire the mercies of the God of heaven concerning this secret. That Daniel and his fellows should not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Listen to this. Then the secret, then was the secret revealed unto Daniel in a night vision. Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. And so here we find when he is going to them and says, Would you fellows, would you guys agree together with me and can we seek God? In other words, if there's ever been a time that you guys have helped me to pray, I need you to pray right now. Our life is on the line and we've got to pray. And tonight, if I can, I want to just preach on this thought tonight that bind us together in prayer. Amen. Bind us together in prayer. We talk first bound by purpose, and we must be bound by prayer. Would you help us to pray tonight? Amen. Together, Father, I thank you again for every heart and life represented. I thank you tonight, Lord, for these in the house of the Lord. I ask that your word go forth in its anointing and its power. We're asking, Lord, that you would encourage and challenge our hearts tonight. Lord, I pray, anoint my mind and lips. Lord, I want you to be glorified and honored in the preaching of your word. I pray, Lord, meet with us and speak to us, Lord, as only you can. And we'll give you thanks for it. And we ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said... Amen and amen. Won't you look at somebody to the right or the left of you and tell them, say, I need you praying with me. Amen. Just go ahead and tell them right now. If I've ever needed you to pray, I need you praying with me right now. Hallelujah. Oh, as we look at this tonight, we are seeing the evidence here in the book of Daniel where Daniel and these men come together bound by purpose, bound by the cause of the kingdom, bound by the fact that they have been called and set apart, that they are acting in commitment together to excellence in serving the Lord. He has sustained them and kept them. We see as to where the miracle of deliverance is as stated of the fiery furnace. And, and as I I have said a few times in the preaching is that we don't see this great miracle of deliverance just happening in that moment. But Brother Keith, I believe with all of my heart that this first was established and the miracle that would come, that it began back when they had purposed in their hearts, when they had agreed together, when they came together and said, we're going to stand for Christ, we're going to stand for God. 
God and we're going to stand in righteousness and purpose in ourselves that we're not going to be defiled. Amen. Just young men that are making this decision, that are making this commitment. As we look at this, we now find that there is another situation. I had told you last week, I had told the church and declared to you, amen, that you will come through a fiery furnace. God will bring deliverance. God will sustain you. But if you remember last week, I made this statement. I said, prepare yourself because there will be other trials. Amen. There will be other quote-unquote furnaces. There would be other situations. And in this, we find this to be proven true. You see, for Daniel, it wasn't just going to be him standing for righteousness and not to be defiled by the king's food. And God gave him favor and blessed him and those young men there. Brother Coleman, it wasn't going to be just deliverance from the fiery furnace. God was glorified there. The Son of God seen. These men's testimonies shining bright. These men were promoted to positions of governorship in the kingdom of Babylon. God was setting them up and God was blessing them for their stand for him. Oh, but we come to find now here is another situation. Here is another uh, uh, thing that has come up that is seemingly impossible. We find as we read that you're going to see in Daniel's life time and time again. I believe that as you look back and see his purpose from chapter 1, not only brought him through all of these things, but it would sustain him. It would sustain him in the lion's den. Yes, that's still the same Daniel. That was going to be another place, another trial, another stand that he would make for God. We find that God blessed Daniel and gave him the gift of interpreting dreams, of understanding visions, understanding the mysteries of God. As a matter of fact, Daniel, one of the prophetic books that leads us and ties together with the book of Revelation that confirms, that solidifies the revelation that John himself saw on the island of Patmos and foretells of the coming of Christ, foretells of what God was going to do. Can I just stop right here and tell you tonight, church, we are in a day and a time where there's a lot of people where with our lips we are saying, God, I want to know your will. God, I want to know your heart. God, I want you to reveal some things to me. God, I want you to speak to me. God, I want you to work through me. These are things that God was doing in Daniel's life. But let me remind you, church, is those things are only going to come. I know it sounds good coming out. It sounds impressive to everybody who's earshot of you. It sounds good to your friends. It looks good in a post on Facebook. It sounds good when you're talking to the pastor. Oh, this is what I want. and This is what I want to see God do. But I'm going to remind you, church, until we reach a place where there is real commitment, there is a real decision that is made for God, 
and a decision that is going to cause us to stand in some places where we will not be popular, some places we will be misunderstood, some situations where it looks like there's destruction on every hand, some places in your life you wonder if you're going to live through it, if you're going to survive emotionally, if you're going to make it through spiritually. It it is in those things where God, He is going to speak, He is going to reveal, He is going to move, and you will see the glory of God. But it's going to take some folks that are willing to draw a line in the sand and say, let the world go by, but I'm going to stand for Christ, and I will be committed to the cause of the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Understand a lot of things sound good. A lot of things look good. A lot of things we think, boy, this would be wonderful if God would do this, if I could see God move like that. But to get to a place where we have completely surrendered everything to where God knows that, listen, God saw in Daniel and these young men, he saw some men that he could trust with his power, that he could trust with his word, that he could trust with his insight. Listen, we are oftentimes, like I said, with our lips asking for more, but we don't have action to follow what it is that we're proclaiming. We are not committed to seeing it through. We find a little bit of resistance We back up, say, well, I didn't sign up for that. We find a little bit of things that are, let me say this, an inconvenience. And then we say, well, you know, I I don't know. God, I love you and all, but, you know, I just don't know if all this is really necessary. We find some things as to where uh, the people around us, uh, they, they misunderstand or, or to where there is, there's uh, whisperings around us in regards to our commitments, in regards to your love for God, in regards to your stand for God. Hear me. Oh, did you know the word of God reminds us? Is that what I see in these men and the fact where God is moving by his power is there are young men who say we will not be conformed to this world. Listen, can I tell you, we are living in a day and a time as to where there is conformity and there is compromise on every corner. We are finding to where more and more, we know it, we see it, we've seen it for a long time. The world that some somebody once coined the phrase said the world has become churchy and the church has become worldly. We've seen it at a place as to where we are letting others and their opinions and their so try to mandate who we're supposed to be in God because we're scared to death of being misunderstood we're scared to death of being singled out because you're the one that's going to stand for righteousness you're the one that's going to do your best to uphold God and his word and I can assure you you will stick out you will uh, eyes will be on you and conversations will be had about you one philosopher said it like this if you don't want any criticism 
He said, say nothing, do nothing, and be nothing. And the sad fact is, is we got a whole lot of the church that it comes together and binds together on that. We've got a whole lot of the church that wants to say nothing, do nothing, and be nothing. It's not popular. It's not convenient. It's not in our control. But may God give us some folks one more time that are stirred that if we're going to experience the power of God, if we're going to see lives changed, if we're going to see chains broken, if we're going to see the powers of hell destroyed, it's going to be those who are standing and saying, here I am, Lord, and I'm willing, I've counted the cost, and I'm standing with you. Bind us together. Bind us together. We need people bound by purpose. And I want to tell you tonight, we need people bound by prayer. We need people bound together by prayer. The common denominator of prayer. We need a church one more time that rediscovers the power of prayer. That rediscovers that with prayer... With God working, with God hearing and God moving. That brother Gary, all things are possible. Amen. We one more time need some folks that'll just get radical about prayer again. We've learned all the nursery rhyme prayers. and We've learned all of the procedures of prayers. We've learned all the things of prayers. Brother Pickens, what I've seen in the word of God is some of the most powerful prayers that God has moved upon and answered. They were not polished. They were not necessarily practical. They were not theological. They were not published in the sense that the world was standing around saying ooh and ah. But they were prayers of men and women who were in desperate places, desperate situations and in a need for God to move. Oh can I tell you tonight, Jesus had something to say. Who were only concerned about their prayers sounding articulate only sounding religious only sounding like it's meeting the criteria he said don't pray like the hypocrites the Pharisees and the Sadducees he said they're known for their long prayers they're known for their flowing words they're known for standing around looking spiritual he said but when you pray oh can I tell you I just this is brother Jacob's interpretation I believe he's saying when you really pray, Brother Segura, when you're getting down to the nitty-gritty, when you're getting down where the rubber meets the road, Sister Anna, there's prayers I prayed that in a moment all I could do was call simply on the name of Jesus. There's been times there's been nothing but a pile of tears and snot. I know that don't sound pretty. I know that don't, that sounds uncouth. But I'm going to tell you, there's something about when you're at a place in your life sister Carmen where all you can do is bury your face in a carpet somewhere where all you can do is lock yourself in the closet all you can do is go out in the backwoods walk through the briars and the bushes and say God all I know is I need you may God deliver us from sophistication and education and may he give us a desire to pray and pray like we've never had before. Daniel goes to them and he says, fellas, we've got to come together. We've got to come together and pray. He said, I need you to pray with me. 
He said, we've got an impossible situation. We've got a situation that doesn't look good. I've bought us a little bit of time. But if God doesn't answer, we're going to die. That we're going to be killed with everybody else. He said, I convinced Nebuchadnezzar to give us a little bit of time. He said, so here's what we got, boys. I know the Bible doesn't say this, but it tells us that within the next day, Daniel had an answer. But it says that night, he said, we need to beg God for the mercies of heaven. We need to come together and believe God. Can I say this? Can I just park right here for a minute? There are some of us that there are some of the same struggles, the same battles, the same mess and junk going on in our lives and our families. And we sit by and, oh, I know, I, I'm, not tell, I'm not saying nobody's praying. I'm not saying that. But here's what I am saying. We get used to that that's how it is. We get used to saying, well, this is, this is how they are. This is how my kids are. This is how the marriage is. This is how the finances are. This is how, the, how my health is this is just what it is and 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 we've reached a point to where yeah we pray we'll say God would you help God would you save God would you do this oh but what I'm asking for is there anybody here that have you reached a point where you're just tired of that same old mess where you're just tired of the same old thing where it's the same contentions every single week every single month every I mean you look up and you say what's going on I'm going to tell you something there's some things that are only going to move. There's a devil that stands and laughs and says, what you're up against is impossible. That's what the magicians and the soothsayers and the wise men told Nebuchadnezzar, said, what you're asking, king, is impossible. And Daniel stood and said, give me 24 hours. Give me just a little bit. God's either going to tell me or I'm going to die and make it on my way to glory. Would God raise up a people one more time that would grab a hold of somebody else and say I'm tired of fighting the mess I'm tired of the enemy waging war in my family I'm tired of the marriage suffering I'm tired of facing this disease I want somebody who will touch heaven with me I want somebody who will agree that God can oh is there anybody here? Is there anybody listening? Is there anybody that wants something different? Then I'm going to tell you, we need to start praying different. Come on. Some of you aggravated with me. Some of you offended at me right now. <sighs> Some of you saying, well, you're, dis you're, discrediting. you're discrediting my prayer life. No, I'm not. But what I'm saying is, and when I'm preaching to you, I'm preaching myself. How many times do I settle? How many times are we going to let the enemy run havoc? How many times, Lord, do we have to cry the same tears and listen and think and believe, well, it's just impossible. Daniel told those men, said, just give me all I need, just three of you. Just come together with me. He was being prophetic of the words of Christ when he said, Brother Eddie, if just two or three would gather 
gather in my name, I will be in the midst. I want to tell somebody, on Monday nights, there's times it's a skeleton crew in prayer meeting. There's times there's five, six of us. I wish there was 60. I wish there was 50. I wish there was 100. But I'll tell you right now, if all we can get is five or six, I'll agree with the five or six. And we'll touch heaven. We'll agree and believe God to do a work. I just want somebody who'll make up their mind and say, agree with me. Won't you shout it? Look at somebody say, agree with me. Come on here. There's real situations. There's real things. Eddie, there's things that God wants to do and break and mold and shape. But get a hold of somebody and agree with them. Tell them, say, I want to bind together. Because there's times, there's spirits and attitudes and addictions. There's things from the past and there's things in the present. They pop their head up and they laugh at us, Sister Diana. They say they're never going to change. That, those men said it's impossible. And there was one man who dared to get just three more with him and said, we're just going to call on God upon whom all things are possible. That's what we're going to do. I want to tell somebody tonight that if you're looking at impossible situations, agree and be bound together in prayer with somebody who will believe with you that with God it is possible. Listen, let me just, let me tell you like this. You're not going to have a whole group jump on your bandwagon. Come on here. There's times I'm very private about what God's speaking to me. There's some folks, they just love to tell everybody what God's speaking to them. And then they get all offended and bent out of shape because some people look at them, brother, and they say, are you sure about that? Are you positive? I don't know. I don't know if God's going to do that. I don't know. That's a... That's a big ask. That's a big thing. And so, Sister Carmen, there's times I keep some things very close to my chest. Because, and the reason why is because, Brother Chris, I don't want to hear all the naysayers. I don't want to hear all the naysayers. But, Brother Pickens, there's some folks I can reach out and say, hey, I just need somebody who's a little bit crazy like me. I just need somebody who will believe like me. I just need somebody, listen, whether you like me or not, whether you think it's right or not, whether you think it's crazy or not, hear what I'm saying. There has been times, listen church, we need to get back. We've gotten so prim and proper. There's been times, listen, Sister Mildred, I've carried anointing oil into houses. We prayed over appliances and cars. I prayed when I was youth pastor and in Beach Creek. We prayed with a, a girl that their, their, uh, their mama, the, the mama dog was carrying pups and they was going to sell the pups to make some money for their family but they thought the mama dog was going to die and here's this 13 year old girl in my youth group and everybody else would laugh and say it's just a dog get over it honey oh but here's a 13 year old girl and brother Coleman it meant something to her and while she's standing there telling me that and tears running down her face it did something in here she just wanted somebody who'd agree with her for a dog the next Wednesday night she came back and in youth service she said, Brother Jacob, can I testify tonight? I said, you sure can. She stood up in front of the whole youth group and she said, I want to thank God. He healed our pup. She did fine. She delivered every, every pup. They were all healthy and we've sold every one of them. I want to tell you, it don't matter if it's a dog, a dish.
dishwater, dishwasher, your bank account, your car, your body, what the doctor said, Sister Gwen. We've got a God who is able. I just need somebody to believe with me. No. Somebody to agree. Sometimes that's all it takes. There's somebody who will look and say with somebody else. Say, I know. You know what's powerful about being bound together to agree for the possible? Is because there's sometimes, Anna, I may not have all the strength I need. And I can connect with somebody else. And they're going to help me. They're going to help me. Come on. Have you ever noticed how easy it is when you've got a negative cantankerous attitude <laughs> thank you brother Udi I will I'll just keep on <laughs> when you're negative and cantankerous when you when you want to gossip a little bit have you ever noticed how easy it is to get somebody to be pulled down right in that mess with you you ain't saying amen but I know I'm telling the truth <laughs> right you're on your computer you're on your phone. I just can't. Can you believe this? I just can't believe that. I just, and I know. I know, sister. I can't believe. I know, brother. I just can't believe it. I mean, I just. Right? Yeah. It don't take, it don't take no time to get everybody pulled down into the depths of disbelief. It takes no time. How many times do our actions and attitudes act like a wet blanket when God's trying to move? Because the word of God says this. Here's another command for us. He said, quench not the spirit. Did you know the Holy Ghost can be offended? He's the third blessed person of the Trinity. And, he, and the word of God said, quench not the spirit. Grieve not. Here's another one. Grieve not the Holy Ghost. And if we're not careful, we can be so down and we can be in such a place and we've pulled all kinds of people with us. It's so easy to do that. It takes a little more effort, Brother Chad, to be positive. It takes a little bit more effort to have, uh, to have, to have an optimism about what God's going to do. It takes a little bit more courage. Hear what I'm saying. It takes a little bit more courage to walk in some of the darkest places and say, Oh, I know what they said. Oh, I, I heard him pl plain as day. Oh, I know what's going on. I, I, I was, I, I, I'm not a fool. I understand all these things. But here's the deal. I am going to believe God. And let me just say this. Can I give you this disclaimer? If you believe God and the body wasn't healed, if you believe God and the money never came through, and if you believe God and you were never delivered out of the situation, can I tell you God's still good and God's just as powerful and God's still hasn't changed and maybe you didn't need deliverance and maybe you didn't need healing and maybe you didn't need brought out of that thing but maybe God just needed you to believe him one more time and to believe him simply for who he is and not what he can do for you oh he told those disciples that were there they followed him Christ crossed over, the disciples crossed over on a ship. Christ went separately. You can read in the gospel. It was after the miracle of the fish and the loaves. There's the disciples. They come over. They, they're, they're people who were following Christ, came and found him. 
And they said, what, are, what miracle are you going to do for us? And Jesus told them then, he said, you're only here for the fish and the loaves. You're only here to be fed again. You're only here to get something again. The Bible even tells us in one of the Gospels that after such a statement that many of them from that time, Brother Tibbets, they walked away. Jesus looked at his disciples, the inner twelve, and he said, are you going to leave me too? Are you going to leave me too? We have a point and a place to where we, we oftentimes only think, well, I will agree. I'll be bound together by prayer. I'll believe God for the impossible as long as he does all that I want him to do. As long as he responds, as long as he acts. I'm going to tell you something. At the end of the day, whether he does or does not, he is still God. He's still God. He still moves in the impossible. Bind us together in prayer. They call upon the Lord. They agree together in prayer. They find some folks. I believe Daniel was a man of faith and power. It's obvious. His heart was purposed. But you also can't convince me because he was a man. And Sister Mary, you can't tell me that when he hears that in the next 24 hours he might die, that he wasn't shaken a little bit. And so therefore, he reached out to some of the other fellows that knew how to pray. They knew how to get a hold of God. Can I tell you tonight, one of the purposes that we have been preaching on this is for you to understand that who you are connected to matters. That who you are hanging around matters. That who you are in agreement with matters. Because I'm going to tell you something. I know this is a, this is a relationship, relationship statistic. But it has been told and it has been taught that you will be most like the five closest friendships in your life. And so I'm going to ask you tonight, pastors asking you adults. I know we ask the teenagers this all the time. I know I'm checking with Ashlyn all the time. Who's your friend? Who told you that? Where'd you hear that from? Right? So I'm asking you adults tonight, who is your friend? Who are you linked up with? Who are you listening to? Who are you giving your time to? Because it's important. Because when it all comes down, listen, when everything happens, and believe me, life will provide you opportunity to where you are going to be put in a position, you're going to have to seek God like you've never sought Him before. And I'm going to tell you, there's some people I like a lot. I really do. I like them. But I'm not going to have them praying with me. You know why? I know that sounds harsh, but do you know why? They have no prayer life. Do you know why they're not serious about the things of God? Do you know why they could care less? They're more interested in other things. Oh, but Brother Jacob, that sounds very mean and very cruel. Well, I'm sorry, but when my life, my family, when situations are on the line and I need to touch heaven, I'm going to be particular. I'm going to be particular. Have you noticed, are you one of those people that when one of your lost family members or friends got something going on in their life, they won't even pray, but what will they do? They'll pick up the phone and they, Sister Diana said it, she said, they'll call you. They sure will. They'll call you. 
I've got friends that I grew up with in high school. They ain't living for the Lord, Brother Gerard. Ain't doing, I've, and I've answered the phone call. And some nights they're drunker than Cooter Brown. Some nights, I mean, they just drunk. Some nights they'd been out partying, whatever. Sometimes, Brother Gary, they haven't spoken to me. I haven't heard from them in six, seven months. I love them. I pray for them, Brother Brad, but they're in a situation. And what are they going to do? They're not talking to find out, did I watch the ball game? They didn't call me, Brother Eddie, to say, hey, how's, how's the wife and the kids doing? They're not calling to say, what you driving these days? They're not calling to talk politics. I've seen them in their drunken stupor where they call and they're crying on the other line, Brother Ringo. And they'll say, Jacob, I'm in a situation and I don't know what to do, but I knew that if anybody would pray that I want you to pray we ain't going to run together and hang out together and sit together all the time but they have somebody that will pray and may God help us to look and say I want to link up with somebody who's going to help me touch heaven it's important it's important be careful of your relationships be careful of your Connections. Understand that the wrong connection puts you out of contact with God. Did you know that your prayers can be hindered? They can. Did you know when there's sin in your life, blatant, willful sin in your life, it severs communication with God? It does. You can read it in the Word of God. It hinders your praying. He hears a prayer of repentance. He'll hear your prayer to say, I'm sorry, God, forgive me and turn me around. Set me back on the right path. But not only sin in our lives, but if we are connected with people that are wrong, that are out of line and out of God's will. I don't know why I'm spending time right here, but somebody needs to hear it tonight. Be careful. Be careful and make sure that your connections are right. We see that they came together to pray for the impossible to become possible. I want you to understand that, there's, that, that when we come together, we're bound by prayer when there is the problem around us. I want you to notice what happens, how the early church dealt with their problem. Now, we in today's church, we deal with our problem we will get mad, we will blame, we will backslide, we will say God's not fair. We find to where there is little endurance in today's church. Amen, Brother Jake. Okay. There's little endurance in today's church. And we find in Matthew 18, 18 through 20. Uh, as we look at, I'm sorry, forgive me. Acts 12, 1 through 3, and then verse number 5. It says, Now about the time Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church. You know what that means? He said, I am going to give the church a hard time. I am going to make it my policy, my promise, my agenda to give these believers a hard time. Hear that. Hear it. 
Should we be shocked? Should we be confused? Should we be flabbergasted when our world, our community, our local city governments, our politicians, from the White House to Austin to wherever it is that you look at, should we be so flabbergasted and shocked to say, I can't believe that they're not standing for this, promoting this and doing this. Should we be shocked? No. No. Why do we walk around so dumbfounded when the devil is just being the devil? Can I ask you, why do we got to lose our minds and lose our sanctification and lose out with God because the devil's doing all that he's supposed to be doing because he's the devil? So what do we do when there's problem? Herod was going to vex the church. He said, this is what I'm going to do. Full of the devil. Antichrist spirit. And it says, he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. So not only did he threaten, but he came through on his threat. And here he kills one of the apostles. He says, I'm going to make an example. Kills him with the sword. And because he saw it pleased the Jews. Catch this. There were people who were pleased that Jesus was crucified. There were people who were pleased that Stephen was stoned. There were people who were pleased that James had been stabbed and killed with the sword. Bloodthirsty. I'm telling you. Antichrist spirit. There are people that are pleased when another church locks its doors. There are people that are pleased when another church split happens. There are people that are pleased when ministers fail and fall. There are people that are pleased. Can I just, I hate to break your heart. But there are people that are pleased when you are in trouble. Because they are looking for a way to deny the God you serve. You better hear this preacher right now. There are people who celebrate when you're having a bad time. There are people that rejoice when you're struggling. It said it pleased the Jews. So he proceeded to take Peter also. The Bible says, Then were the days of unleavened bread. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison. The thing that had stopped Peter's execution here was Passover. We find as to where this stops, the execution. They said, we're going to hold him in prison. But I love what the rest of this here says. It says, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. I want you to hear that. That's how the early church dealt with their problems. Now, I know they didn't have technological advances like the internet, but today's church, we take our problems and we air out all of our dirty laundry on social media. We take our problems and we're going to visit city council. 
We take our problems. We're going to write a nasty letter to so-and-so. We get out there and we show out and we're in the flesh and we're unsanctified and we are a poor representation of Christ. So what do we do, Brother Jake? Is there time for action? Sure. Are there times for words? Sure. Are there times that we do certain things? Absolutely. But let me tell you something. Don't speak a word and do not take any action and do not stand on your soapbox and do not deliver your message until you have covered it in prayer, until you have sought heaven, until you have heard God give you the green light. I want to tell you because there are many a church folks who take bad situations and make it worse. Because you didn't want to pray it through. You know what I'm talking about? Right now there might be strained relationships in your family because you acted out. And you've called it righteous indignation. Well, they know me. I'm going to tell the truth. I'm always going to say what I'm going to say. And they just better like it. No, that is an excuse. That is an excuse. And that is a, that is a cheap way out of a situation. We don't need to be hearing how you are and they better deal with it and all this other stuff. How about before you say anything or do anything, how about you pray about it? Because you'd be surprised when you've got all kinds of things you can say that God says, zip your lip. That's very spiritual, isn't it? That's real doctrinal, isn't it? Oh, it is. It's, called, it's a fruit of the Spirit called self-control. There's a novel idea. Let me tell you something, just because you think that you're right, just because you are opinionated, doesn't mean that you always got to share it. Hear me, I love you. I'm not, I'm not up here just trying to stomp on everybody's toes, but I'm telling you the truth is that there would be some pain that you could be protected from if you would handle the problem in the way that God wants you to handle it. Pray it through. Have you ever got a text message before? And texting is a dangerous way to communicate. And I'll tell you why. Because you can't see somebody face to face. Brother Gold, if you message me, I can't look at you and I can't tell for sure. I can't tell for sure if I, if, if, versus if I got to take a look. Why? Because you can't necessarily read the emotion. You can't necessarily follow, follow the, you know, the, the, the cadence of the conversation. It's a dangerous way. Now listen, we've all been guilty of just responding. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you something. If, if you've ever got an issue and, and, and it involves me and you text me about it, I'm fine with that. But please do not expect an immediate response. There's times I've let those babies marinate 24, 36, 48 hours before I say anything back. You know why? Because Brother Pickens, I might pick up that phone and be like, and boy, I've got it all laid out. I know what I'm going to say. Hallelujah, bless God. And I'm right in saying it. Right? And Brother Michael, I've got to go and clear it all out. Because the Lord said, nope, nope, don't you do it. 
don't you do it. Okay, Lord, so I'll do it another way. And he says, no, don't you do it. Don't you do it. Pray about it. The early church, when they was dealing with problems that was threatening, when they were dealing, when there was a vexing of the church, when there is a vexing in your home, in the church, in your mind, in your heart, your emotion, bind together, it says, the church prayed. They prayed. How is it, Sister Laura, that we've got so far from that? How is it that we have circumvented that all together? It says they came together and they prayed. And I'm going to close with this. If you'd come, Brother Danny and Sister Carolyn. When they bound together to pray over the impossible, to pray over their problems, you know what happened? They found power. They found power. Now let me say this. Brother Coleman, the solution didn't always come the way that they thought it would come. As a matter of fact, if you were to read the rest of Acts chapter 12, an angel goes in, sets Peter free from prison. Peter shows up at the house where prayer meeting's going on and knocks on the door. He hears prayer going on. A young servant girl by the name of Rhoda goes to the door to see who it is. She hears Peter's voice. She don't open the door, but she runs back to the rest of the crowd and says, Peter's outside. He's out there. You know what the praying church did? You're crazy, Rhoda. Who are you, Rhoda? Rhoda might have been just a 15, 16-year-old girl. And they, maybe they said enough to where they, she thought, I don't even know if I believe myself. She goes back over and then finally, then the church got superstitious. Maybe it's his ghost. Maybe they done killed him and his ghost is out there at the door. Read it. I'm not making it up. Read it. And finally, somebody opened the door. And the answer was there. Do you know why? Do you know why I believe? That they didn't believe Rhoda called her mad. That's what the scripture says. And where some thought it was his ghost out there. Because Sister Wanda. Their prayer wasn't answered the way they thought it would be. They weren't expecting God to send an angel. Unlock the shackles and send Peter knocking on the prayer meeting door. Maybe they had, maybe they had dreams and visions of the town lawyer saying. I'm going to represent Brother Peter. And we're going to get him out of here. And we're going to do this. And we're going to do that. And God had other plans. But when you bind together with somebody to pray, I want you to understand, and you really pray, and you lay aside your expectations and let God be God, Sister Mary, we better buckle up because we will see His power in ways that we've never seen before. Let me read this verse. Go ahead if you would and stand with me all over this house. Some of you fight and sleep. It's only 829. I'm doing good. Listen to this. Acts chapter 4, 29 through 32. 
They've been fighting persecution. They've been fighting these threats. They've been fighting all these things. Again, they're dealing with problems, Brother Eddie. They're at another prayer meeting. This is in chapter 4. What I just read to you was chapter 12. Here's chapter 4 a little bit earlier. And listen to what they say. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings. And grant unto thy servants that with all boldness we may speak your word. By stretching forth your hand to heal. That signs and wonders may be done by the name of the holy child Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they had assembled together. The very house began to shake when they touched heaven. Listen to this. It didn't stop there. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they spake the word of God with boldness. And the multitude of them that believed, listen to this, were of one heart and one soul. You know what that means, Sister Carmen? They were bound together. They were bound together. Bind us together to pray. Neither said any of them that aught of the things which he possessed was his own. But they had all things in common. They were so knit together that nobody claimed individual ownership of anything. Everything they said, Brother Mike, it was us and we. Instead of our language today, I and mine. Sometimes we don't bind together because we're worried about I and mine. And we don't want to admit we ain't got time for we and us and our. That takes time. That takes commitment. That takes me getting out of my comfort zone. That takes me putting down my own wants and binding together with somebody else. That might mean, Brother Gary, God forbid that my kids aren't saved, but your kids get saved. That might mean my body don't get healed, but your body does. That might mean that you see provision where you need provision, but I don't see provision just yet. Do you understand what I'm saying? We don't bind together because we get competitive in our praying. I and mine. I'm too tired, Brother Jake, about us, we, and our. The Bible said that that was the... Con- How's that? This just came to my mind. How's that for some pronouns, right? We got a culture. Everybody's worried about pronouns. There's some pronouns for you. Bind us together. Bind us together. Here's what I'm going to ask tonight, a little bit different, on a Wednesday night. I'm not going to ask specifically because in this house there's needs of all sorts. There's some of you dealing with things up here. 
There's some of you dealing with some things in here. There's some of you got some things that are going on in your body, going on in your home, going on with your kids. But I think tonight, if you listen real close, the consensus might say, I just want somebody who would agree together and pray with me. Pray for the impossible. Pray for my problem. And pray until we got power. Bind us together in prayer. So I'm going to ask you tonight. I'm going to ask everybody who will to step out from where you are. And I want you to stand across this front. And what we're going to do is we're going to bind together in prayer tonight. We're going to bind together in prayer. Some of you right now said, Brother Jake, I'm too tired for all this. Uh, But I'm going to tell you right now, right now in your tiredness, right now in these moments, you need to make up your mind because right now this is where the power of God very well may be revealed in your particular situation. So come ahead as you make your way. And the person that you're standing by person you're standing by and just make room just squeeze in best we can the person who's around you I want you to grab a hold of them